Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. What's more important, the head or the heart? For our spiritual lives, for our relationship with God, should we put the emphasis on forming our minds, our head, or should we put the emphasis on forming the heart? There'd be Christians that would have different perspectives on this. Many, of course, would say, oh, you need both, but if you had to give an emphasis, it would be on forming the mind, right? Intellectual formation, because you can't love what you don't know. We need to know who God is. We need to know his revelation to us, what what he's taught us. We need to know the truth so we can love him and live according to his plan. So we have to put the accent on the head, on forming the mind. Then there'd be others that would say, oh, no, the accent mark should be on forming the human heart, because there are so many simple uneducated, pious people throughout the ages that are great saints. They're much holier than the scholars and the learned Christians because it's all about charity. It's all about love of God and love of neighbor. And how many simple people who may not know that much theology have lived the Catholic faith to such great extent. These are There's so many saints out there that have lived charity, love of God, and love of neighbor so well. It's really the heart that matters most. And you'll hear Christians have conversations and debates about these matters, and everybody seems to have uh, their own personal opinion, but I think we want to make sure that our judgment on this matter is grounded in God's Word, grounded in what God has said about these matters. We'll all come with our own personal opinion, our knee-jerk reaction, but especially when it comes to understanding the heart, people use the word heart so loosely to describe so many different aspects uh, of our human existence. I want to make sure we are thinking clearly about what is the human heart uh, as God has revealed it in sacred scripture and how we find it in the Catholic tradition. So that's what we're going to be looking at in today's episode. And actually, I'm going to be sharing with you uh, what I'm going to be discussing a bit with some of the senior focus leaders this week. I'm going to ask your prayers. I'm teaching an intensive class with Curtis Martin and some of the other staff this week with the regional directors in focus. These are some of the more senior leaders that are coming to Denver this week for a theological summit for their own intellectual formation. Uh, and we're going to talk about the importance of the head and the heart and how they really go together. Uh, so please please pray for us this week, if you could, uh, that this may bear fruit in our lives and in the mission in focus. So let's talk about the heart, though. What does the Bible say? about the heart. And what's fascinating is you'll find the word heart used hundreds, if not over a thousand times. It's found in scripture all over the place. So the word heart can describe just the organ and the human body. It could describe the center of the the human body. But most of the time, what you're going to see is that the word heart describes in scripture the center of the inner life of man. In other words, the spiritual life, the interior life of man, as opposed to the outer man, uh, the physical bodily life of man. You'll see the Psalms, for example, often juxtaposing the heart and hands. Psalm 73 does this, the heart and the hands, or the heart and the flesh, or the heart and our lips, or the heart and our eyes, or the heart and our ears. So there's the outward man, uh, which you can see by sensible appearances, which you can touch, uh, which you can hear. So there's physical man, But then the heart describes the interior man. Uh, And it's at this level, I think most generally, the heart describes man's inner spiritual life in three ways. You'll you'll see see the scriptures give an, an emphasis on this inner life in three different areas, three aspects of the human soul. On one hand, it'll talk about 
the 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 heart as as as, a, as the emotions. And I think that's what many people, when they think about the heart today, they'll quickly think of the heart. They'll think, oh, you know, it's not just heady. It, you know, the faith, living the faith, isn't just uh, up in your brain. You know, it has to be in your heart and you and your, and your closeness with God and, and and your love. And and they tend to think of it oftentimes in terms of emotions. And and that's that, I think that's valid. And, and when you look at this in Scripture, because you'll see many times the heart is described as being glad, like in Psalm 104. The heart is sad, or the heart is contrite and humble, Psalm 51. The heart is afflicted, Psalm 109. So many of the, the biblical passages describe the heart in terms of uh, the, its relationship with emotions. And so to think of the heart in terms of emotions is okay, but I wouldn't want to exclude it there. I wouldn't want to look at that as the primary understanding of the heart. Remember, the heart is about man's inner life as a whole, man's inner spiritual life, which involves certainly the emotions, but also the intellect and the will. Uh, Let's talk about the intellect. Uh, You'll find in the Old Testament, for example, the heart thinks about God's word, meditates on God's word. So the heart isn't just our emotions. It involves our intellect, involves our mind reflecting on God's spoken word, his law, his teachings through scripture and the prophets. And Psalm 119 verse 14 describes how the heart is pondering these things. We know the Blessed Virgin Mary is described in Luke's gospel, chapter 2 verse 19, as keeping all these things and pondering them in her heart. She's watching the events, the mysterious events of her son's birth in Bethlehem, hearing about the angels and the shepherds, and, and she's just marveling over this, but she's pondering it in her heart. So it's involving her meditating, reflecting on, on God's word. So the heart does involve more than the emotions. It involves our mind. The Bible describes how the heart makes judgments. It makes plans. Second uh, Peter verse chapter 1, verse 19, describes how the heart receives the light of truth. Uh, so the heart is involved in, in thinking uh, about what God has revealed uh, and understanding his plan of salvation. So again, the heart is about man's inner life. We've seen it involves the emotions. It also involves the intellect, our mind, and it also involves the will. And I think this is what we find most in the Catholic tradition when we read about the heart. It's oftentimes describing the the human will, uh, and and particularly in moral choices, choices we make about doing good or doing evil, uh, choices we make about God. Do we choose to live according to God's plan or not? So you'll see many times in the Bible, the Bible describing an, uh, an upright heart, meaning a heart that is living according to God's plan. A virtuous man has an upright heart, as opposed to those who are wicked. There's You'll read about a wicked heart or a proud heart uh, or a hard heart. You'll read about that many times in the Bible. Someone who's stubborn, they, they know the truth, but they will not give themselves to it. They won't commit their will toward doing what is the right thing, and they just, they're just described as having a hard heart. Uh, uh, or even an uncircumcised heart, <laughs> describing just how how hardened they've been uh, opposed to God's plan for them. Uh, but then we read Jesus in the Beatitudes, talks about having a pure heart. The pure of heart will see God. Uh, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Uh, so where what, what do you value in life? Where do you, where do you um, give your attentions? What well, where, what do you treasure? Because that's a, an indication of where your will is. What do you really attach to? 
Uh, if I'm worried about money, I'm worried about my reputation a lot. That's where my that's what I treasure, and that's an indication of where my heart is. My will is committed, attached to those things. Um, Jesus, of course, tells us though we're called not to be attached to those things of this world, but be attached to God. That's why when He sums up what the moral life is all about. Remember that when somebody asked Jesus, what's the greatest of commandments? What does Jesus say? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. So loving God with all your heart, this is uh, this is uh, one of the signs of, or one of the great passages that gives us an insight into the biblical understanding of the heart, particularly in terms of the human will. That my will is meant to give itself completely to God. To love the Lord with all my heart means I, I, I commit my will totally to him and, and to live my life according to his plan. I live my life not for my own purposes, but for his. So I hope you're getting a, a sense of the big picture of heart in the Bible. In summary, it describes the inner life of man as opposed to just bodily, physical life. Uh, the inner life of man as a whole not just the emotions, but also the intellect and the will. So the inner spiritual life of man. So when it comes to our big question, should we focus on the head or the heart? It's of course both, but I want to I make sure we understand the relationship clearly. On one hand, think of this. God is described in the Bible as fire. The Holy Spirit, it comes down like fires of tongue. God appears to Moses in the burning bush fire. Uh, God is described in the Bible as an all-consuming fire. So God is fire, and fire gives warmth. It gives heat. And so when we think about this, we can think about how uh, the heart is often associated with warmth. Uh, think about that great classical prayer, uh, come, Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful the hearts of the faithful, enkindle in them the fire of your love. So the image of fire, enkindling, warmth, uh, is associated with the human heart, the, the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts, inflaming our hearts with his love. St. Augustine himself famously says, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. So it seems like Augustine is putting the emphasis on the heart. Jesus, when he sums up the law, as we just saw, says, you shall love the Lord with all your heart. So the heart is about love, and we're going to be saved by what we love. That's what the catechism teaches us, that uh, in the evening of our lives, we're going to be judged by, by how much we love. Did we love the right things? Did we love God? And did we love neighbor? Did we love self and love this world? That's what we're going to be judged on. So I think it's fair to say there's a certain primacy of the heart, a certain primacy of the heart in the sense of the heart understood as the human will, not the heart as a whole, certainly not the heart as emotions. That's not at the center here, but in the sense of the, the will, do I commit my will to, to God? Do I commit to seek God and his plan for my life? Remember, what is the definition of love? You know, in the, in the catechism, we get this beautiful definition quoting the great St. Thomas Aquinas, love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Love is to will the good of another. It's a choice. It's, it resides in the human will. That's where we find the great theological virtue of charity. It resides in the will. Uh, and so charity is love of God and love of neighbor for the sake of God. Uh, and so there is a certain primacy of the heart in the sense that I, I, I'm called to give my will, commit my will to God and, and to his plan for my life, seeking him, his will, uh, and, and loving my neighbor for the sake of love of God. But that does not mean the intellect is unimportant. That does not mean we can neglect the mind and forming our head. There's a certain priority of the intellect as well. 
because of course you, you we can't love what we don't know, which is why there's another great analogy for fire. You know, you think about fire gives warmth. So it, it, it warms the human heart. It transforms the human heart, sets it ablaze with God's love, uh, the Holy Spirit. That's what the God does when the spirit comes into our hearts. But yet fire also gives light. Fire also gives light. So we can think of the lumen fide, the, the light of faith. Uh, we need light. And this is a, a God's revelation to us, helps us to see well, to see reality. Now we're talking about the mind. We're talking about the head. The psalmist says uh, in, in the famous Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. I need to be able to see reality correctly. I need to be able to see who God is. And the more I know about who he is, the more I can love him. Uh, and I need to see his plan for my life so that it can be his word, his revelation, his law could be that light to my, to, to, to my path, to guide me on the path of life so I can live according to his plan. So faith resides in the intellect. Uh, it helps me to see reality correctly, to see reality the way uh, God has actually created it. Um, what we put in our minds matters and how we form uh, our minds or fail to form our minds will matter because when my mind perceives something as true, uh, whether it perceives correctly or not is a second matter, but if I perceive something as true or as right or as good, then my will is going to be inclined toward that goodness that my mind perceives. And so if I form my mind with all the stuff in the world, if, uh, if YouTube videos and social media and Netflix shows, uh, if that's what's forming my mind primarily, then my will is going to gravitate toward what's being presented to me in, in modern media. Just to use an example, if I watch movies that have, show a lot of skin and, and present love in terms of emotions and love primarily in terms of sexuality, then my will, it's going to form my will to be, to gravitate toward that, to think that's love. And that's where I'm going to find happiness and fulfillment in life. Uh, so it's very dangerous if I don't form my mind well, if I'm not filling my mind with the truth about what love is, uh, then uh, my, my will will gravitate toward what the world is forming uh, in my mind. That's why that great passage that we find in uh in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, is so important that we're called to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. St. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. St. Paul knows that your heart will not be transformed if you don't transform your mind. So again, to use the example of love, if I'm just taking in heavy doses from what the culture is saying about love, which is very romantic and emotional and also very sensual, very sexual, it's mostly about lust and emotions. If I'm constantly taking in doses from all the shows I watch, from all the videos I watch, from all that I see on screens, from all the, the songs I listen to, if that's what I'm taking in and I'm not regularly reading about authentic love from scripture and the tradition, then my will is going to start moving toward what the mind is perceiving is authentic love. Uh, and, and so that's why it's so important that I form my mind with the true vision so that my will is moving toward the truth about love. So there's a great connection you're seeing, right, between the head and the heart, between intellectual formation and loving Jesus. Uh, we we want to see that if I'm going to really love Jesus, I really know who he is and live in relationship with him, uh, it's not just about the heart. It can't be just about the heart. 
in the heart in the broad sense, uh, but certainly not the, the heart in terms of emotions, which is where many people go and they think, oh, it's, it's important to have the heart, the head and the heart, and you got to have the heart. And, and many people think about the heart in terms of emotions, and that's dangerous if we're, if we're focusing on emotions with the human heart. And, and that's where we find our intimacy with God, our closeness with God. Uh, and we get if we want to gauge how's my relationship with God going, if I'm, if I'm focused on emotions, that's dangerous because, um, you know, many Christians will say that though, though. They'll say, oh, I felt really good in prayer, or I felt close to God today, or I got a lot of comfort in prayer. I got a lot of encouragement and consolation in prayer. And God bless us when that happens. We should give great thanks when our heart rises in prayer, when our heart is moved in prayer, when our heart is encouraged in prayer, when our heart feels close to God in prayer. Praise the Lord. Thank him for those moments. But let's be clear, that is not a sign of holiness at all. That is not the measure of my my living close to Jesus. Uh, that That's clear from all the saints, that there are many times when uh, the, a saint is very close to God and they feel nothing. Mother Teresa, for many decades, felt absolutely nothing, nada, in prayer. Uh, and yet, she was so close to God. We want to be very careful here. And yet, uh, John of the Cross points out that there are many people who have these feelings of closeness in prayer. They feel excited about prayer. They feel encouraged in prayer. But he says that many times that's just the, the beginning stages of, of a Christian's life. That's when you're, you're a baby Christian and God's giving you sweetness to sweeten the deal, to draw you into prayer, to get you to come. But a mature Christian, John of the Cross says, is going to be stripped of those things. It doesn't mean that they'll not experience them periodically. But they may go through a long period of darkness and dryness in prayer where they feel nothing because God is testing your heart, testing you to see, are you coming for those emotions or are you coming for him and him alone? In other words, are you viewing your heart in terms of emotions or are you viewing it more broadly in terms of intellect, will, and emotions, the way the scriptures present the human heart? Um, That's what it means to know Christ Jesus, by the way. If we want to know Jesus really and live in relationship with him, I've got to form my mind. So let's talk about this. Is it the head or the heart? Where do we put the emphasis? Well, there's three senses of the heart we can think about. We can think of it in the broadest sense, uh, where the heart includes the intellect the and the will and the emotions. So in the broad sense, it, you're, you're, you can't even, you know, the broad biblical sense, there's no opposition between the head and the heart because the head is actually included in that broad biblical understanding of the heart. But in a second sense, if we're looking at the heart in the way a lot of modern Christians tend to talk about the heart, you'll hear many Christian songs talk about the heart this way. You know, uh, popular Christian rock songs, you know, on K-Love will talk about the heart this way that uh, in terms of primarily the emotions, you know, set my heart on fire, you know, move my heart, my heart is stirred, you know, and I'm thinking of in terms of the emotions and, you know, I want to feel close to you, Jesus, uh, where is the primacy, the head or the heart in that second sense? It's definitely on the head. Those emotions come and go. That is not a gauge for am I on the right path? Uh, they can bless us. They can encourage us. We give great gratitude to God when they come, but we should never be dependent on that. We should never use that as our compass. We should never use that as a sign. Am I really growing in holiness? Those are just gifts that God gives to us. God wants to know, are you committed to me? And that's where we look at the will and the heart in terms of the will. So while the Bible describes the heart in all these ways, the Catholic tradition is tended to focus a little more on the human heart as the will. 
where I'm committed to God. <clears throat> this is the place where we encounter God. Catechism 2563 describes it as the place of decision where we choose life or death. Am I going to choose to live according to God's plan or not? Do I choose the path of life or the path of death? Uh, Catechism 368 describes the heart as the depths of one's being. It's where the person decides for or against God. So in this sense, when you're looking at head or heart, that's where we see, no, they they really do both go together. Uh, Knowledge of God, knowing more about who he is, helps me to love him more. Uh, each each time I learn something new about God, it gives me another reason for loving Him. You know, it reminds me of when uh, I, you know, I've been married now 19 years. Beth and I just celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary last month, and uh, I keep discovering new things about my wife in our marriage. I'll, I'll notice new ways of that she, you know, is growing in virtue. I notice new things, initiatives that she takes, and uh, I notice the way she responds to. Uh, difficulties and challenges in life and as she's grown over the years and growing in virtue I, I they just uh, every every day there's like a new thing uh, for me to fall in love with my wife about uh, but it's it's coming to know it first perceiving it seeing it understanding this aspect about her helps me my heart to rise and then to, to respond in love to, to, to want to, to, to seek her good even more to be committed to her even more but as Frank Sheed says it's more than just about me loving God and my own personal relationship with God. It's also about me loving my neighbor. You see, the more I know about my faith, the more I can share it with others, the more I can actually virtuously live friendship with others and serve them and serve their needs and sacrifice for them, to love them, to seek what's best for them. And I, I see this all the time when I teach on the virtues, for example. Uh, my, the, I'm thinking about all the virtues much more poignantly in my life in those, in those days and weeks and months. And my wife sometimes will go, hey, are you teaching the virtue class? Because she'll notice I'm a little kinder. I'm a little more patient. I'm a little more thoughtful because my mind is engaging with the truth. And so do you see how the head and the heart really go together? I cannot fully love God if I don't know him. To the extent I don't know him in his revelation, I can't love him. And to the extent uh, I don't know and, uh, and understand his revelation, to that extent, I'm not going to be able to love the people in my life well. So learning leads to love. The more I know about him, the more I can love him. So my friends, I hope this has been interesting for you. These are just, I'm just giving a little snapshot of some of the themes I'll be teaching over this next week uh, with the Focus uh, Senior Leaders. So I ask if you can please pray uh, for them, pray for our classes in this week ahead. I, I would greatly appreciate it. If you got any questions, any comments on this, please send them to me on Facebook or reach out to me on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram now, so you can find me on Instagram, and you can always reach me on my webpage, which is edwardsri.com. Thanks so much, and God bless.